Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I am your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Barbara Comstock, she is a regular on the program, has been for quite some time. She is a personal favorite. Love having her on the program, a former member of Congress, former Justice Department official. She's worked, uh, she's been a member of the uh, Virginia uh, legislature. So she brings enormous experience. And now she works uh, in the, uh, really in the tech space, working on behalf and with tech companies uh, when it comes to uh, recognizing their importance as innovators, as well as fostering free speech. And so uh, always love having you on the program, Barbara, and Happy New Year and welcome back. Happy New Year. Great to be with you again. So interesting things going on, uh, both in Texas and Virginia, uh, with uh, some moves that are obviously and, and blatantly uh, anti-free speech, um, and they're geared at Actually, technology Florida, companies. Florida. Yeah, yeah Florida, and Florida and, and Texas. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mentioned Texas because I'm from Texas. I was definitely going to have you talk about Florida. Um, and, and so, you know, they're, they're interesting. And they're packaged neatly as, uh, as not anti-tech, but holding tech in check. That's how they're, how they're packaged. But when you get down to the essence of them, they are anti-free speech when you look at these. Talk a little bit about it. Give us some context. And focus primarily, I know, on the Florida one, which you have a much closer eye on. Yes, well, uh, both of these cases are being teed up to go to the Supreme Court now. And just yesterday, um, you know, the the court did ask the uh, Biden administration to weigh in on them, you know, as both of them are, you know, going up to the Supreme Court. And, uh, you know, both of them, but I'll, you know, focus on Florida just to take that as an example, um, infringe on First Amendment rights of businesses by compelling them to host um, – you know, speech that, you know, may not be appropriate or objectionable or violates their terms of service or conflicts with the company's, you know, because these are private companies' policies and beliefs. So uh, the act, th these bills don't prevent, and in Florida it's SB 7072, which Governor DeSantis, you know, made a big show of saying, you know, this was going to crack down on big tech. But when he passed it, they they very much singled out large companies, large websites. It didn't go after social media at large um, because they just included certain companies. It had to be 100 million users a month, 100 million gross annual revenue. So it didn't include Parler or Rumble or Gab all of which have certainly a lot of objectionable content on them if you look at, at it objection, you know, uh, be um, objective about it. Truth Social, mm -hmm. of course, Donald Trump's thing, it doesn't apply to that. They're not included. And, and initially when they did the bill, they exempted Disney that has websites. Um, but then when uh, Governor DeSantis got mad at Disney, remember, you know, they, they didn't like his Don't Stay Gay bill, so they went in and they said, okay, that exemption we gave you, we're taking it away. Thus taking, uh, you know, it was a viewpoint-based uh, repeal on top of a viewpoint-based exemption they had given them. So this was a very selective, discriminatory bill to start with where he went in and said, we're just going to pick companies we don't like and we're going to pass a bill 
that says what they do and do cannot do. And then there's fines against them, you know, uh, huge fines. Like one of the things it said is you cannot take down a web, you know, you can't uh, say uh, if you're a politician running for state office, um, it's going to be a $250,000, I believe, uh, yeah, 250000 per day if you're a candidate for state office and you're taken off of, say, Twitter or Facebook. Now, there, there are candidates sometimes who run who are pedophiles. This has happened in our country, in our state. Yeah. And so if, mm-hmm. if you're a state and you're out there saying highly objectionable, you know, putting objectionable things up, and somebody says, hey, we don't put pedophile stuff up on our, our social media sites. We don't want it. We're taking this guy or whoever offline. You would be fined $250,000 a day because this guy running for state office who wanted to say he's for, you know, this kind of thing or other objectionable things, you know, whatever, you know, if they were advocating violence, if they were advocating things that, you know, your social media site said was hate crimes, you know, or or things that you had decided on your site were inappropriate. You would now be fined $250,000 a day. And they put all kinds of, you know, you have to explain all these hundreds of thousands of decisions you make a day. You'd have to have detailed explanations, things that are impossible to do from a business standpoint, but only for those companies. No, Donald Trump's company would not have to do it. <laughs> so, you know, it's very... Yeah, it would be carving out. It, it's, it's not unlike what he did with removing the uh, zone, you know, the basically enterprise zone exemption that Disney was on. Uh, you know, we're going to let every other uh, zone that has existed for decades continue, but not Disney because they don't do things like we like it, which is so insane. Disney being the largest employer in Florida... Uh, I mean, this just shows what unchecked ego is like. And again, that too is an example of crushing uh, free speech. You know, do I like new Disney values? Not so much. I think that's one of the reasons why Bob Iger was brought back. I'm not sure if Disney likes their new values. I think you're going to see a more moderate uh, type tone. Uh, but uh, I don't want someone acting like a dictator uh, in terms of one of our most fundamental rights. First Amendment, which is what we're really talking about here, is first for a reason. All freedoms rest on the shoulders of free speech. And both sides, it blows my mind. I mean, we're beating up on Republicans right now, which is perfectly fine with me, but both sides really have a terrible attitude towards free speech and really believe their filtered speech is in everyone's best interest, which just blows my mind that they get any credence. And I want to talk real quick, because I know you'll comment on this. I don't see anything in this Supreme Court that would support either the hard right effort or the hard left effort to undermine the First Amendment. Do you? No, in fact, and and Paul Clement, who was, um, you know, he he actually had worked for uh, John Ashcroft, you know, when I was at the... um, you know, at the Justice Department, he was Deputy Solicitor General. Then he went on to be the Solicitor General. Very conservative. He actually was somebody who argued um, in the gay in the gay marriage case, actually against gay marriage. Ted Olson, who Paul Clement worked um, with, argued for gay marriage. And both Ted Olson and Paul Clement will tell you that each other is is one of the best uh, people before the Supreme Court ever. And I will tell you that both are correct. They are both um, very great conservative um, 
uh, people before the Supreme Court, these are two of the people you would want to have arguing for you. And so uh, Paul is a you know, First Amendment specialist, and, and one of the people that he highlights is a, is a 2017 um, uh, quote from uh, Justice Kavanaugh, where he points out that the government can't tell you, um, can't tell YouTube or Twitter what videos they can post or tell Facebook or Google what content to favor any more than it can tell the Washington Post or the Drudge Report what columns that they can put up. Um, so that, you know, that's what he wrote in 2017. And, you know, he, uh, Paul points out in his brief that, you know, each of these um, platforms have very different rules, you know, like Etsy. You know, if you go on, I buy a lot of things on Etsy. It's great. Highly recommend it. <laughs> you find all kinds of things for your home. <laughs> but what they want to have on Etsy is very, you know, they have community rules. Clearly, they, you know, what they advertise, what they have on there, you know, that is a very home-based thing. So they have different rules at Facebook or YouTube, but you have community standards there. And if those aren't popular with the people who are on them, then then your users will tell you. I mean, you know, Twitter now has a new owner, and it's going through a lot of things, right? He's doing very different things than the previous owner, and you see a lot of discussion about that. People may not like what the new owner is doing, and, you know, you've seen the right, you know, oh, they love what Elon Musk is doing now, and they, or they think they like it. We'll see how long they like it. But he gets to do what he wants to do. You and I may not like it from a, you know, political or user standard, and there's a lot of complaining about it, but, but this is how it works. This is how private business works. He will reap the business consequences of it if, if enough people do or do not like it, and that's how the markets work. And so, you know, it, it, it's interesting that, you know, that now that, I guess somebody who Republic, some Republicans perceive as conservative owns Twitter. Now they like Twitter. Now they're not beating up on Twitter. But it shouldn't be that way. You shouldn't be beating up on a private company just because you like the, you know, okay, now we like the owner. We don't beat up on it. It's the same well, business. You know, it's the same idea either way. And we shouldn't be, you know, determining it by whether we, you know, beating up on it. So it's it's been nice to have some pushback, um, I think, from some Republicans. You know, you've seen people like Governor Asa Hutchinson, uh, Governor Sununu saying, hey, whoa, we're conservatives. We don't go out and pick on businesses. You've seen um, the governor of Colorado, um, blanking on his name, he said, hey, I'm a Democrat, but hey, if those companies don't want to go to Florida, they can come to Colorado because I don't think we should be beating up on private businesses whether or not we like their policies. You know, <laughs> I want businesses yes. here. And so this is, um, you know, you, you see the left and right, um, you know, AOC picks on businesses that way. But let the market decide. And that's what conservatives have always said. And Always, uh, yeah. The kind of these kind of policies, whether it's done, um, you know, to have Texas do this, you know, you're, they're going to see companies say, hey, you know, there's other things besides your tax code. If you're going to run this out, you know, Governor Kemp just went to Davos and talked about how he wanted to be, um, just, hey, I want all these uh, electric vehicle companies to, to come to 
Georgia. Well, great. Good for you. That's great. You know, he's saying, you know, he doesn't care about being politically correct or whatever. If, if Republicans don't like electric vehicle companies for whatever reasons, he's saying, hey, I think this is the future and I want to have them here and I'm not going to be, right. you know, guided by, some, yeah. you know, what some Republicans think is a, you know, they don't particularly like a certain business. You know, it's, it's gotten a little silly these days, and so yeah, it's I'm beyond, it's beyond the realm. The biggest thing that's interesting, the thing most interesting to me, particularly in DeSantis' case, who people I keep hearing is a reasonable alternative to Trump, and only ones who would say that is purely if you look at Trump and as if no one else existed. Um, you know, he's a very gradual improvement at best, in my uh, my opinion. Is he's doing a lot of things. This is this is an example with with tech companies. Um, you know his uh, attack on the uh, Disney economic zone, which there are several. Disney's not the only one who has those. These are things that when I look at them, there's others that he does. That at the end, they're not going to survive the uh, court process. They are going to be eliminated somewhere along the way. Um, you know, when they, even before the. U.S. Supreme Court gets to it, I expect state courts to say, yes, if you want to do this to Disney, you can't allow the exemption for anyone. Um, you know, that, that, uh, that just seems logic, right? logical based on the way current law is. And so he does a lot of this stuff to look like he does, is doing something, but in the end, he's, isn't he just wasting time? Well, and he's wasting a lot of his state's money um, because – you know, the, the case, um, you know, will not stand up on First Amendment grounds, I believe. And then, and for example, in a Florida case already, the a court, the, the court, Supreme Court struck down a Florida law that required newspapers to give political candidates space in the paper to respond to negative coverage. You know, in that case said um, forcing a newspaper to run, you know, somebody's, hey, Somebody covered gave me negative coverage, so you have to re run my response. They said that clearly violates the First Amendment. It may not be fair. You want that? You know, people said, "Hey, if you run something negative about me, I get to respond." They said, "No, the editorial function itself is an aspect of speech, and you can't force the newspaper to respond and put your stuff in there." Imagine if you know. Every time you say something negative about to pick a Florida person, Laura Loomer, who has a lot of things that she says that, and, and if she just, every time somebody reported on her, that gave her space to, you know, kind of that, that um, you know, equal time rule. I mean, that, that, you know, we got rid of the fairness doctrine a long time ago. And so when Florida ago. passed a law saying that, the court said, no way, that violates the First Amendment because newspapers get to decide how they allocate their space. It's precious space, and they can say what's going to be in it, and they don't have to give that to you. So the idea that you have to, you know, give space to things that they're telling you, you know, you have to put, you know, you, you, you have to just give certain space to things that you don't want to give space to never has never has been a first amendment requirement and that's what so you know when they put this bill in there they knew certain things in it were clearly clearly already violated florida law violated existing supreme court precedent like you know the the statements from kavanaugh so it's it really is just performance 
is saying, hey, it's that whole Trump thing, like you mentioned, like, I'm fighting for you. It's not about whether you win or not. It's about I'm fighting. And it's and when you just waste money, you know, everyone's talking about how they want to have people who save money and cut budgets and, you know, balance budgets. And this is wasting money, you know, just, you know, not to, well, I won't go into other things that waste money that are performance, but there's a lot of those things these days that just waste money and don't um, move the ball in terms of improving people's lives. It just is gives you an opportunity to stand in front of a microphone and, you know, yell about things, but not change anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The fairness doctrine for those not familiar was something developed under the Truman administration where there had to be equal time under airwaves. And how long has it been gone? It's been gone since Ronald Reagan. It was one of Ronald Reagan's agenda. Yeah. That's right. Because we said, Reagan. He said, this does not make sense from a, how, how it survived from Truman and Reagan blows my mind, to be perfectly honest with you, because uh, it is it was a violation of the First Amendment. But I think a lot of people, and we're going to have to wrap it up, uh, but I think a lot of people confuse, um, confuse social media as if it were like texting. Well, texting is done between an individual or between a small group of individuals, and a big group on texting is maybe a dozen. This is a real media company. Twitter is a real media company. Facebook is a real media company. And real media companies like the New York Times and Wall Street Journal have a right to have an editorial opinion that they want allowed to, that they want to have conveyed. That is their right. That's how societies succeed. That's how you keep free thought. That's how elections stay free. And what we are doing is we're waging, you know, this is very anti-democratic. When I hear about anti-democratic all the time, attacks on free speech are truly anti-democratic. Well, and it's really, you know, the 11th Circuit did unanimously conclude that this, you know, that most of this bill um, violated, could not be reconciled with the First Amendment. And it really shows sort of a, a lack of uh, faith in your own ideas. You know, let, you know, a thousand flowers bloom. There's a lot of social media companies out there like, you know, Rubble and Parler and Truth Social. If you really have confidence in your ideas, you shouldn't fear that, you know, go, different companies start, you know, different companies, you know, look, you know, a lot of these companies are being challenged in, in the marketplace and other companies are coming while others go. And so, you know, this isn't, uh, this is a very competitive marketplace and, uh, you know, have more faith in your ideas as conservatives and get out there and and battle in the marketplace of ideas instead of trying to use the law to from on top as author, authoritarians, which is very frightening because if Democrats get in charge, there are Democrats who want to do the very same thing that DeSantis is doing and say, I don't like this company, so we are going to ban what they can do. And that if you have the same kind of thing coming from the left, that is very frightening too. So whether it comes from the left or the right, we as you know, uh, people who believe in the Constitution, I think, should oppose it. And that's why people from the left and the right are joining us in this brief um, because you know we wouldn't want to see this coming from the left either. Yeah, neither way, absolutely. I don't like tyranny on the left or on the right, and this is, in essence, tyranny. Barbara Comstock, always love having you on the program. Uh, always much more, uh, much more enlightened at the end 
than I uh, than I was at the beginning. Thanks so much for being with us. Great, and you can uh, on uh, Net Choice uh, on Twitter. You can see a lot of these uh, briefs. We also had some other Supreme Court briefs that were just filed uh, last week in another case, um, the Gonzalez case. It's going to be before the Supreme Court that also uh, deals with uh, Section 230. So a lot of these free speech issues are going up before the court soon. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you had a website to refer to, because you often do, and that's netchoice.com or org? Uh, netchoice.org, and then on Twitter uh-huh. at netchoice. Thanks so much for being with us. I am Kevin Price. Stay tuned for more.